Welcome to The Kingdom is for Everyone. This is your host, Matthew Hester, and this is the place to discuss all things righteousness, peace, and joy. I want to take a moment to thank our Hester Ministries monthly supporters for helping to make this podcast a reality, as well as the many things that we do around the world for the sake of the gospel. If you want more information on how to become a partner, go to hesterministries.org partner to find out more information. Also, do us a favor and visit the homepage for this podcast. Go to, to anchor.fm slash the kingdom four. That's the number four, the kingdom for everyone. And you can find out how to support the podcast. Also, there's an option there where you can click on the message tab, leave us a voice message, or you can leave us a question that we would love to feature on an upcoming episode of our podcast. Uh, Here at The Kingdom is for Everyone, we want you to be more than an audience. We want you to be a participant. And so I want to go ahead and jump into episode 25. And before I do that, I want to let you guys know about a milestone that we reached here recently. And I'm just so grateful and humbled by it. We have crossed the thousand download threshold and uh, so excited for that. I believe it is just the beginning. I cannot wait for our next big threshold, which for me, in my mind, is 5,000. And you can help us. You can help us reach that goal, uh, of course, by listening, liking, sharing this podcast on your social media outlets, recommending it to friends. Uh, The last time that we looked at our analytics for the podcast, we are in 15 nations. And uh, so, hey, let's add another 15 nations to it while we're at it. Uh, but we could not do this without you. And and you are who we do this for. And so I, I'm so grateful that you are using this as a resource that is blessing your life and that you give us a little bit of time each week. Uh, if it's on your Tuesdays when we release these episodes or whenever you listen to them, thank you so much for being a part of The Kingdom is for Everyone. And so here in episode 25, we're going to be talking about the greatest sermon ever, the greatest sermon ever. And that, of course, would be the Sermon on the Mount. And so what I'm going to do, I'm going to take this opportunity. This is going to be kind of a plug for Present Truth Academy. We have an upcoming brand new study track for this year on the Sermon on the Mount, a 10-week study on the Constitution of the Kingdom. And I thought it would be fun just for me to share a couple little tidbits, maybe to to whet your appetite, uh, that you might consider going and being a part of that new study track. And uh, so you can go to presenttruthacademy.org and find out more information. Also, check out our brand new e-commerce shop, presenttruthacademy.org slash shop. And you can go ahead and sign up for any of our study tracks. But the one I'm going to lean into for the few minutes on this episode is on the Sermon on the Mount, specifically the greatest sermon ever. So, you know, Jesus gets up on the mountain there, Matthew 5, 6, and 7, and he says things that are profound, not just profound in their content, not just profound in their shock value, but it also says at the end of Matthew 7, everyone that heard were astonished by the authority through which Jesus spoke. So we're going to just talk about that for a few minutes here. But before we jump into that, we're going to take a quick sponsored content break. and We'll be right back on the other side. Okay, so we are back and we're talking about the greatest sermon ever. And that is a direct nod to the Sermon on the Mount, Matthew 5, 6, and 7. Uh, and I just want to throw a couple things out there, like I said before the break, to to kind of whet your appetite uh, and, and maybe consider joining our 10-week study on the Sermon on the Mount with Present Truth Academy. Uh, and that goes live February 20th. Uh, and so depending on when you're listening to this, it may maybe it's already launched. You can still go to our shop 
page and you can purchase it and you can start your journey today. Go to presenttruthacademy.org slash shop to find out more information. So the Sermon on the Mount, the Sermon on the Mount is undoubtedly, in my estimation, I think many would agree with me, the greatest sermon ever preached. Uh, The Sermon on the Mount provided clear and concise contrast with the system that had come before Jesus. That system, law-based, works-based, is the Mosaic Covenant, the the Law of Moses, the Old Covenant. There's so many interchangeable terms for it there. And, And so Jesus providing this contrast with that system and then the system that he had come to establish forever moving forward, we call that the Better Covenant, the New Covenant. Uh, I also call it um, just righteousness. It's true righteous identity as as beloved children of an always good father. The Sermon on the Mount, you think about it, it it's more than just well-crafted words. And, and I want to remind my listeners, any of you ministers out there, um, it, it, I don't know how it happened that we have gotten so stylized in how we present, and, and I'm not knocking all that. I'm just saying uh, if that is our focus, we need more in this day and age than well-crafted words. Uh, we need to bring demonstration of the heart, character, and nature of God, also demonstrations of power, that we might truly bring an impact to the people that we are called to to, to steward, really. Um, so Jesus' sermon shows us that pattern. It's, it's not just well-crafted words, but he's building. He's building this rock-solid foundation for what life in the kingdom should look like. And uh, it's interesting, Jesus doesn't just craft this foundation by simply creating a new system of rules. Because I've heard that a lot, that what G- when Jesus is preaching the Sermon on the Mount, he's referencing the old, but then he shows us, well, but my laws are, are actually even greater, you know? And we got to be careful with that train of thought. And, and, and why? Because, well, if we're not careful, it turns into another system for ethical imperatives or, or it's another system we have to meet the expectations of. That is not the better covenant. That's why we're actually told the better covenant is not like the old covenant. The old covenant was found lacking. God is not trying to establish a new system with Jesus as the front man, a new system of rules and regulations. That is not righteous identity, and it's certainly not healthy relationship with the Father. So that's not what Jesus is doing. He's not crafting this new system of rules. He's actually showing us these these deep, radiant nuances of the character and nature of God. And he shows us how they play out in real life scenarios. And uh, this this is why I referenced Matthew 7 uh, before the break, uh, that all who heard his words were astonished. And, and I would also submit this is why we're still challenged and astonished by them today. The Sermon on the Mount looked nothing like our modern lectern ministry that most of us in the Western church release today. In fact, Jesus didn't even tell anyone. Can you imagine this? Didn't tell anyone to listen to what he had to say, nor did he compete for attention. Well, in this day and age, especially, right? We, we've got, we start our marketing campaigns. We, we've got our social media outlets engaged. And again, I'm not knocking any of those platforms. I do believe that in this modern age, that those are tools that can really help us to reach people. So it's like any other tool at our disposal, the intention of the heart, the, what is the desired outcome that really is the reflection on what is truly going on. And so, yeah, go ahead, use Facebook, use Instagram, use, use your blogs, your websites, all those things, use your streaming ministry. Um, but it doesn't also hurt to go back and say, you know, the greatest sermon ever preached Jesus, he, even though there was a multitude there, he didn't even ask them to listen. 
<laughs> it's amazing. Uh, I'll share that verse with you. Matthew 5, 1, Jesus, seeing the crowds, went up on the mountain, and when he sat down, it says his disciples came to him. So the the, the guys, if you think about it, the guys that he was most interested, okay, they've got to get this, it was the disciples. He was not preaching for the crowd. He was ministering to the hearts of the disciples. The crowd, by extension, heard it and received, which is awesome. But how often do we go after the crowds? Because in our minds, that's the metric for success. That's going to help my ministry grow. That's going to bring more influence. Uh, Jesus' perspective and his focus was certainly different. And I would submit we need to get back to that, right? Um, so Jesus' heart was was basically, I, I think, directly aimed at those he had significant relational leverage with. Everyone else is free to stay and receive, but Jesus had to make sure that his disciples would receive the radical truths that he was about to release. The crowd lingered for two reasons. Again, we see this in Matthew 7. I'll read these verses. The radical content of the message and the authority through which Jesus spoke. Matthew 7, 28 and 29. And when Jesus finished these sayings, the crowds were astonished at his teaching, for he was teaching them as one who had authority, not as their scribes. And man, that's that's actually a little insulting too. Scribes, very respected, well-seasoned, mature teachers. So... Basically, this is what's not being said, but it's what being, what's being understood. The crowd was used to being taught, but they weren't, they weren't used to being taught with astonishing content, and they certainly were not used to being taught with profound authority because they did not recognize that in the scribe. The scribes were lacking. They had knowledge, but they did not have the depth of revelation Jesus carried, certainly, nor did they have the authority through which he spoke. So Jesus, God made flesh to dwell among us, undeniably revealed more of his identity as he preached the Sermon on the Mount. I love in Matthew Henry's commentary, uh, he explains the multitudes were astonished at the wisdom and power of Christ's doctrine, and this sermon, ever so often read over, is always new. Every word proves its author to be divine. Jesus spoke with an authority that they had not witnessed. And to this day, when we hear or read this sermon, we can feel the authority by which Christ spoke. Not just to those who sat in immediate proximity to him at the time, but for the generations to come. It still kicks today. He spoke for us, too. Rich wisdom to ease our minds, motivate our souls to action for the glory of God the Father. Christ himself lived in obedience to the Father to bring glory to the Father, and we are created and purposed to do the same. You know, um, Jesus, you think about this, Jesus never did or said anything without specific intention. You know, Exodus 19.3 says, While Moses went up to God, the Lord called him out of the mountain, saying, Thus you will say to the house of Jacob and tell the people of Israel. So anytime we have this encounter with God or we see this elevation, I'm referencing Moses on purpose, ascending up to get the old system. Jesus ascends a much lower mountain, by the way. Actually, geographically in that area, the mount where the sermon is preached is one of the lowest mountains in the entire region. I love that thought. You know, Jesus, he's like, listen, what I'm speaking is substance enough. I don't have to do it from a place of 
posture. I don't have to do it from a place of, oh, guys, do you guys remember when Jesus preached the Sermon on the Mount and it was K2? It was the ultimate high in, in all of Jerusalem. Well, he didn't have to because the words, the authority through which he spoke was releasing power in the hearts and in the spirits of those who were listening. And it continues to this day. You know, some scholars suggest this is why Jesus chose a mountainside. It, it, it's, it's a reminder, hey, one system was born this way. Take note, a new day is at hand. A new order is at hand. You know, and, and there are six times in Matthew 5 when Jesus confronts established and well-recited scripture and tradition with his word, right? You've heard it said, but I say to you. You've heard it said, but I say, Jesus, real-time editing Old Covenant Scripture. You know, so my my thought process is, and, and I hope that this helps you, anytime Jesus begins to rewrite Scripture, you need to side with Jesus. And it's more than just the the technicalities of the, the, uh, the shift in verbiage and things like that. Jesus is actually shifting the heart focus. That's what he's doing. You've heard it said he's directly going after these core tenets of old covenant living. But when he but what I say, he is showing us this is actually what the law intended to do. And you guys have missed the whole point. You focus on outward dirtiness and um, you think if you're clean on the outside that you're somehow that's reflection of your heart being clean. But I tell you, God has only ever cared about the heart. So you've missed it. Somehow you use the law as exterior soap when the true ministry of God, the true ministry of the manifestation of Holy Spirit is to minister on the inside. His regenerative work starts in the heart and works its way out. So the overarching purpose, if you will, the Sermon on the Mount was to bring the overt shadows of the old law into the glaring light of the new covenant. Moses delivered the old law from a mountainside. And Jesus delivered the pattern for better covenant living from a mountainside. Two very different mountains, two very different uh, encounters, two very different outcomes, if you think about it. Uh, When Moses received the law demands of the old covenant, we find out sadly, and I would say traumatically, of course, 3,000 people died that day. Jesus begins to release the new covenant, and then in the book of Acts, 3,000 are added that day. Do you see that? Do you see Jesus writing all these preconceived and, I would say, ill-conceived ideas and notions of who people believe God was? And he's like, no, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. I'm showing you what the heart of God has always been. And so now it's time to take notice. No man has seen God and lived, but, but, the, but it's Jesus. But if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. He shifts the entire narrative. And that brings me back to a statement I make often, and you'll hear it more as you continue throughout this podcast. Um, if there's anything you believe about God that does not look like Jesus, 
you have to assume you're missing something and then ask Holy Spirit to help you in your journey, to help you discover where is Jesus hidden in this perspective? Because you know, right, the Father and the Son are not separate. They are one and the same, right? Everything Jesus did in his earthly ministry points us to the Father. How can we have a Jesus who is gracious and compassionate and merciful point us to a Father who is not those things? We're missing something, and the Holy Spirit is helping us to discover what has, you know, it's been a preconceived, misconceived, ill-conceived idea of who we believe God has been, especially in light of the Old Covenant, the Old Testament. But now we see this clear, beautiful picture of who God is and who he's always been through the character and nature of Jesus. Okay, so you know what? I think that's preview enough. That That is just a little tidbit from our first session on the Sermon on the Mount. And uh, we go through uh, everything. We're, we're, we're going to go through Matthew 5, 6, and 7 as much in depth as we can over a 10-week period of time. Uh, we go into the Beatitudes, which actually ended up being two full sessions on the Beatitudes. Uh, we go into the, you've heard it said, but I say, Jesus um, fulfilling the law. You know, do you guys, you remember the Lord's Prayer is in the Sermon on the Mount. And so we're just going to go after that for 10 weeks. And I so would just be blessed and uh, it, it would encourage me if you would go and sign up for it. And if you have any questions, reach out to us. You can reach out through uh, the venues I mentioned before. Reach out to us on Facebook, through our websites. Uh, we'd love to answer any questions that you have. But would you would you do that? Would you mind uh, just blessing yourself and starting off this year on a fresh footing uh, with signing up for the Sermon on the Mount, a 10-week study on the Constitution of the Kingdom? And it launches live February the 20th. And when you sign up, you get access to a brand new session each week. So it's not overload. You go through a session each week, and I believe that it will be a blessing for you, and you will be all the better for it. Uh, and so, yeah, let, let's just end that there. That's our preview. And we've got some exciting stuff for you coming up uh, here soon on The Kingdom is for Everyone. We have a conversation I'm going to be sharing with you. It's probably going to end up probably taking three episodes because we went really long, but uh, I know that you guys are going to enjoy it. Uh, I, I don't want to give too many details away, but you're in for some fun uh, as we head into the next month with The Kingdom is for Everyone. Uh, so yeah, let's, uh, I'll go ahead and mention my websites again, hesterministries.org. Check out more about what we're doing there. We also, uh, really have a robust travel schedule for this year. So, uh, I'd, I'd love to see you in one of, uh, the places where I'll be speaking and ministering. Go to presenttruthacademy.org to find out more about what we offer by the way of our study tracks. Also, please check out my church website where I pastor here in the upstate of South Carolina, dominionchurch.net. We'd love for you to come be a part of one of our corporate gatherings. God is moving in our corporate gatherings in a beautiful way. Healings, um, faith, encouragement, all kind of things are going on. And I truly do believe it's just the beginning. All right, well, listen, I just want to bless you. I pray that you have an amazing week. Please like and share this. Leave a five-star review so we can get in front of more people as a result. And uh, share this on your social media outlets so that more people can be blessed as a result. All right. Well, I look forward to uh, getting back with you this next week. So have a wonderful week. And I just want to remind you this before we finish up. If the kingdom isn't for everyone, well, then it's not for anyone. God bless you.